This is the Toward a New World podcast with your host, Corinna Stoffel. As a space for all things regarding the global collective transition we are in, we have conversations about transition, separation, and connection regarding oneself, others, and the earth. The aim is to educate, empower, and inspire. Hello and welcome. And welcome, Anne. I am so looking forward to having this conversation with you today. And let me introduce Anne quickly. Uh, Anne Dunette and I met uh, some time ago at a, a Women's Speaker Association event, and we actually got paired twice <laughs> during that event, which really struck me as, hmm, what's that all about? And I thought, thoroughly enjoyed that twice because we got to really connect with each other, meet each other, learn about each other. Anne is somebody who writes haiku and is very connected with nature. So there was right that nature connection was there. And being connected with nature is not that difficult if you live on Vancouver Island <laughs> in British Columbia. So for her, writing haiku is a powerful tool for mindfulness, and that mindfulness has brought wholeness to her life and influenced her lifestyle. And haiku have won honorable mentions, have been featured in anthologies. And for her, it's she's writing because she enjoys writing, not because of all the accolades. Let's put it that way. So to get us started, how did you get started on writing haiku? And Thank you. I just wanted to thank you very much for inviting me to be um, a part of this. Um, yeah, we've had some great little uh, chats so far. So I will uh, just dive into that first question. And it's a it's a little bit of a, a weaving path of my haiku journey that goes a little bit back and forth. But I will try my best to keep it as um, short, like a haiku, as I can. <laughs> um, so it goes back to when I was 10 years old. So that's, that's how far back I go. I go with, with my first introduction to haiku. And I think uh, a lot of people that I talked to about haiku learned it in elementary school or high school, possibly with a, you know, a, a language, English language school assignment that most kids would groan about that, oh, I have to write some poetry. <laughs> but I, I got that assignment and the gift that I had with that assignment was that my grandmother, who was very connected with, uh, we were, I like to say that we were more like soul sisters than mm -hmm. grandmother, granddaughter. She, she and I were very connected. And she wrote uh, poetry. She was um, a very interesting woman. I could probably spend a whole hour talking just about her, but I won't. <laughs> uh, she wrote haiku as well. So I went to her and got a little bit of help with my homework. <laughs> and 
what is really interesting about that is most times you know if you have parents have kids and they have scrapbooks they have art assignments they have all that stuff you throw a lot of that stuff out i had a scrapbook from that year of grade five that had kept my mom like we just i just kept it and when i started getting more into the mindfulness part of haiku and wanting to te uh, teach a little uh, workshops and courses and stuff like that i wanted to bring in this story about um, my first haiku with my grandmother. And I found that haiku in the scrapbook, which was amazing. So that was that was, that was was really exciting when I saw that. I'm like, I can't believe I found the haiku because I didn't even remember it. Mm. So that was my first time I wrote haiku. Then I never thought about it after that. It just disappeared. And I never grew up wanting to be a poet or to write. I wanted to be an artist and I went into, um, art school and I became a graphic designer. And in my early twenties, I wasn't really happy that, not, not that happy with being, with, with the industry of graphic design. I felt like I needed to have some more purpose or some meaning. And I was introduced to spiritual uh, philosophies from my grandmother when I was in, a teenager. So I was always interested in these different ways of being or mm -hmm. thinking and I started doing craft fairs just for creativity. And then I started using my grandmother's haiku for making little art cards. So that was when my design became integrated mm -hmm. with a little bit of poetry. And I didn't write any haiku at all. And then I had an astrology reading when I was in my late 20s, which was profound. And this woman told i had just told her about my relationship with my grandmother and she was saying that, that we had a very strong soul connection and then she looked she's looking at my chart and she's like you should be writing poetry then <laughs> she said you should be writing haiku poetry and wow. i got goosebumps when when she said that because i looked at her and i said my grandma writes haiku so i went off with this this um you know, experience. And I started reading a little bit about haiku. And then I wrote a little bit about haiku. And I went with what I had learned when I was 10, which is writing haiku based on a syllable count, which is what a lot of people uh, learned about. And it's a three line format of the first line is five syllables, the second line is seven syllables, and then the last line is five syllables. So I was going with that. I wrote some really crappy poetry and then I put it in the drawer and I left it for 12 years. I didn't do anything. <laughs> and then about 15 years ago, actually more like 17 years ago at this point, I just intuitively like i remember what this astrologer said and i just i picked up a, a a really big book on japanese culture and i started reading it and it had a whole chapter on haiku and i got inspired and i kept feeling this this pull to to learn how to write haiku and i had been doing a lot of artwork at the time i was working as a designer freelancing and i had a woman teaching or was helping me with some PR. And then I told her, I said, oh, I'm gonna start writing some haiku. And then she goes, oh, my neighbor on Gabriella Island, which is near um, Vancouver, is a haiku poet. She was in her eighties and she has uh, a summer 
weekend, Haiku Poet Weekend. And this was in June and this event was in, I think, August. So I connected with this woman and before I knew it, I was on the ferry and I was off to Gabriela Island and I met all of these haiku poets who were really well, well established, you know, very high up there in the haiku community. And I learned so much. I learned that it's not the focus is a five, seven, five syllable count. And I had to erase all of the things that I believed and thought that I knew about haiku and start over. And it took some time to figure it out. And I started going to the Vancouver Haiku um, group meetings that we met once a month. And with that group, I learned a lot about haiku and I was able to get better at, at writing it and learning what it was all about. And over the years, I've connected it with mindfulness. And now I just want to share more about the philosophy and the mindfulness piece uh, of haiku. There. <laughs> what what a journey! Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the short version. <laughs> that's the short version. I want to get back to something that you just said. That uh, standard. Uh, haiku that we get exposed to is the five seven five syllable count, mm -hmm. but you said that there is a different way of writing haiku. Would you go into that and mm -hmm. explain the difference a bit? Mm -hmm. The difference. The difference is the focus isn't on counting syllables, and the focus is like a, a Japanese haiku is is really based on na nature it's very strong connection to nature as you mentioned at the beginning as well as the seasons and the senses and it's always written in the present tense mm -hmm. so with the five seven five syllable count i've read a lot of haiku but people are, are are writing it in that in that format and all of those like they can you can still write nature, seasons, senses, and in the moment in that structure, it's, you can see it, 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 it gets a little fuzzy because you can still write it in that format, but you don't have to. And that's, that's the piece of it is that the, the focus of the syllable count it, um, is lessened when they, when I was going to the haiku group, they were just, they said to me, don't even count the syllables like, you know, or if you feel like you need to count syllables, do less because it's less is more. What, what you're trying mm -hmm. to do is, is, is to create images. Mm -hmm. So with haiku, there's, um, I'm having a mind, a mind blank on the, 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 the Japanese word for it, but there's a break. So there's, there's two images. So you've been, reading my haiku for a little bit now so yeah. i don't know if you've noticed there's a little bit of a a rhythm or there'll be one image will be usually for me my style is to create um like say ocean moon would be the first line then there's a little bit of a pause that's one image then it goes into two lines that flow together yeah. that create a different image but it's still connected to the first image yeah. yeah. So, so again, with the five, seven, five syllable count, people, people will, it's almost, 
people are writing more um, outwardly, like more like a quote, or they would like mm, yeah. haiku, haiku takes you, it takes you in and the purpose of it is to actually feel the words, to feel the words, to see the words, to smell because of the senses and to yeah. um, experience it. And what I find is that people have challenges with, with understanding that about haiku. And like, I remember years ago, I used, when I was, uh, well, I'm still working as a graphic designer, but I wasn't doing that much haiku, but I was using my haiku for my business cards and to, you know, mm -hmm. as a re, um, oh, yeah. market, marketing tool. And I, re, I, I specifically remember giving um, one of my cards to this woman, to this woman at this networking event. And she looked at it and she kind of was like, she looked really like, confused and, and she goes I don't understand this what you know what 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 do I do with this that's what she said what do I do with this <laughs> and then I said you don't do anything with it because we're so used to being told to do some to do things what do I do like with information haiku is not information haiku is it's it it helps people to slow down and to connect with themselves but to connect with nature and to breathe and it it's like when you go you go for a walk for example and you're with your friend and you've got your phone and the two of you are going let's go for a nature walk and you go through the woods and you're talking Oh, let's take a picture of us, you know, do a selfie, you're talking and you come back and you don't even know that you went for a walk in the woods. You're, and you are not being present in the woods. You're not mm -hmm. noticing the trees, the animals, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that is so important. Let's put it that way. It has become so important for me because when I grew up, my parents, we went hiking a lot. But there was always an agenda to get from A to B and mm -hmm. then back to A and mm -hmm. drive home. Mm -hmm. And I can deal with that anymore. I, mm -hmm. I really enjoy. Uh, we have an echo. Oh, really? Uh, I don't. I don't have one on my end. I'm good. Yeah, I have one on my end. Oh, it's gone now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoy just painting out in nature. Mm -hmm. And that's what I enjoy so much about your haiku. Uh, you usually send out your newsletter on Thursdays. And this morning, uh, oh, yeah, there's <laughs> a newsletter. Uh, I don't have time to read the whole newsletter right now, but I just want to be with the haiku. Mm -hmm. And being present and allowing the images that you paint with the words and the energy of those images and allow that to envelope me and to perceive that and just be present with that. Mm -hmm. Even if, if it's just for an extra total five minutes, it's not taking a huge amount of time out of the day, but it shifts so much for me. Yeah. 
but not everybody can do that that's that's yes, that's, that's, that's the the uh i would say Invitation. challenge of today's society is that we're 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 so used to being thrown with quotes and information yes. and affirmations which are fine affirmations are fine are great but but that that's what makes haiku so special is that it's not it it, it doesn't tell you to do anything yeah and and that and that that's why I always reflect back onto it and onto that woman was so perplexed and confused about what what this was all about and um you know a, a lot of people really resonate with what I'm doing but a lot of people don't understand it as well so it's my, my purpose my my mission I believe is to is to um, help people to to slow down and to connect with nature and mindfulness and all of those things in a different way. Like haiku, I I just see it as something so special, and not a lot of people are doing what I'm doing with haiku. Most of the, the haiku community, people that I've connected with, they're just focused on writing haiku, which is fine because that's what they're passionate about, and that's where. Mm -hmm. I, I'm. I think my haiku poetry is good. I. I don't. I don't think that I'm um, this amazing haiku poet that's you know going to win all of these awards and stuff like that. But I don't really care about that. I. I'm good with, you know, doing the best that I can without trying to make it anything other than what it is. Or trying too hard, or I used to do that when I was first learning. And sometimes when I do my newsletter, I was like, hmm, I don't know, this, I don't know, if this is good enough. But, but I just put it out anyways. You know, that self, this is self-critical. Mm -hmm. Perfectionism. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the damn perfectionism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you've hinted at it several times now in what you said, but I would really like you to. Uh, go even more into that effect that haiku invites mindfulness and mm -hmm. mindfulness invites haiku the way mm -hmm. I, I almost understand it. And mindfulness is such an important aspect, at least for me, uh, in moving towards a new world, to mm -hmm. be more mindful, to be more present with what is mm -hmm. can you share your thoughts or take on that mm -hmm, of course well i see the the connection with mindfulness and haiku is is awareness um of, of just having an awareness of your feelings and you know I, i'm not not getting too wrapped up in in that what what i find is a little bit different with haiku like it is connected to mindfulness around awareness being aware of your 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 yourself not judging mm -hmm. yourself for for you know how you're feeling but it's also connecting with your emotions and not pushing them down or not uh, like haiku is very it's expressive it expresses what the haiku poet is feeling so mm -hmm. It, it's an expression of an experience that that um, that I would have, or you know, another haiku poet would have. Um, it's 
it, it's true haiku, again, is based on experiences. I go out, out of that line a little bit, and sometimes I will use my imagination. If the haiku police were in the room, then I would get I would get in trouble for that. But I'm okay. I, I'm okay with that. Like I came to a point mm -hmm. where I'm okay with that. I will read something and something that's really beautiful. It will inspire me, and I will mm -hmm. use a little bit of that to to write a haiku and base it on another experience that I've had or something like that. But the mindfulness part ties into the senses and connecting to the senses and just connecting to to yourself but connecting how you experience nature and the world that you're in and just be an observer like somehow it's interesting because I find that if you can step back and watch what's going on in the world you don't get you don't get um sucked into the drama and like there's a, obviously yeah. there's a lot of drama going on right now so with haiku it's it gives you a perspective of watching from a distance but also feeling connected yes is that, is that yeah. kind of confusing no and, it, uh, it for me personally, it's absolutely clear what you mean, but continue. And I, I think another another focus that I want to bring into what I'm doing is to move from the thinking mind. Mindfulness definitely is very important, but with writing haiku, like I was teaching people how to write haiku for just a little while. And that was when I realized that I didn't really want to focus on that because it's not my specialty. I'm not an English teacher. But um, I found that the people that were um, trying to write haiku without knowing a lot about it, that they were getting frustrated, but they were overthinking. They were trying too hard. They were putting concepts into it and ideas, and they weren't able to just mm -hmm. be in that moment. Mm -hmm. um, but it's almost like going from your head to your heart. Like I want like haiku to be more heart-based than mindfulness, even though mindfulness is important. But I think if we start living from our heart, then we won't be thinking as much as we need to. I have a question for you. What you just said brings up something. Are we, or is there the idea that mindfulness requires thinking? Because for me, mindfulness is presence, which is being in my body, being in my heart. Mm -hmm. And not thinking yes yes exactly mm -hmm. and i i may have may have not said that quite in that way but that's exactly it but i think okay. but so, but i think sometimes my what it's the word mindfulness sometimes might get people God. in their head their head yeah. and yes um haiku is is definitely getting into your body for like i said the senses like it taps into yeah. you know uh, you you go go for a walk i i love to go for a walk by myself and 
you know, I live really close to the ocean and the mountains and the forest. So I'm very fortunate. <laughs> I can get to the beach in five minutes from here. Um, but to smell the ocean air and to, you know, I'll, I'll touch, I'll touch trees when I'm out there sometimes and just really be present when I go for a walk. And I've been doing that for a long time. And haiku has taught me how to do that. That that's the gift of of what I've been doing is to help me to be present. And I don't I don't worry about the future like I used to, and I don't dwell on the past like I used to. Like I have been able to just be present almost all the time at this point. Wow. Uh, I mean, that is so counter to what most people do who either dwell in the past or worry about the future. Oh, yeah. My mind used to spin, yeah. spinning. Like I would go to bed and it would race and it would be just racing, racing, racing and anxiety and, and stress. And not to say that I don't have some of those things because I still do. That's just like, how can you not? with the way the world is at the moment. I try really hard to not engage in some of those things um, and, to, to, and to keep keep present and to keep in my heart and to mm -hmm. keep that, um, you know, keep your vibration high so we can, you know, heal and move forward and not have all of these horrible, bad people doing things. Um, so, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now the train left the station without me on it. Uh, and that happens sometimes. Uh, how, oh, interesting thought that just arose. Mm -hmm. How far is the ability to be present in the now moment, which is ultimately the only time that is, mm -hmm. uh, how far is that related to uh, a being okay with wherever I am in, a in the physical body? And what I mean with that is what I be am beginning to notice that so many people that stress about the future are afraid of death. Yes. And I am so aware of, yes, I can contribute to what is going on and to creating a different future as long as I am alive. But it doesn't mean that that stops for me when I'm dead because I, from the other side, so to speak, Mm -hmm. I can do exactly the same. Absolutely. Maybe even more effectively. Yes. Oh, totally. I totally hear you. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Mm -hmm. It's uh, And it brings me back being asked about resilience. What is resilience? And I think, not that I have an answer, I'm still playing with uh, that question, but what I'm getting is part of resilience, at least, is letting go of that fear that if I'm no longer alive, then uh, I'm missing out or whatever connotation. Fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So where are you with, uh, with that idea of having to be in physical body in order to contribute anything to the world from a collective perspective? I'm going to be completely honest, and I have actually never thought of that. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting um, that you say that, but now, now that now, now that you've presented me with that question, I I'm with you. I I believe that that I would continue mm-hmm. in some form. Like I I would like to think that with what I'm doing, that that some somebody will pick this up or. Um, I intuitively feel that that as we move into this new world, that people are going to become more interested in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I, my vision with with some of this is that some some a younger person will take over my business and continue on with what I'm doing. But um, but I haven't really really had deep thoughts about that because I actually believe that I'm going to live for a long time. Uh, I see. And I'm not afraid of death either. I understand that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I hear you. I mean, I see each human being as an infinite being Mm -hmm. without beginning and without end. Yeah. This is just one. Uh, let's if if I use a movie analogy, this is just one slide in the chapter. movie chapter. That's what I, that's how oh, I look okay. at it. Yeah, I I look at like my soul. I look at um, this life to me is a chapter that my soul is experiencing out of a big book. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're saying the same thing. In, in we're saying about the same thing, yeah. yeah. It's using different analogies. Hmm. <laughs> yes. So, so I'm going to go back to haiku for a minute because you just uh, um, triggered a thought about that. In um, in Japan, back in when um, haiku started, which was like more around the 15th century, the uh, Japanese haiku poets would write death poems. They would write a haiku poem on their deathbed. And there's a whole series of Japanese death poems. Whoa. Yeah, they're, they're quite profound. Mm-hmm. That would be. What, I mean, now, because of me being interested, I have to ask, where can I find those? Um, I, I, I don't. It, it, they, you know, you could go, I could do some Googling. And I could try and find some for you. But there, it, it's not something that's like, you know, well known, you know. How many people are going to be googling, you know, Japanese death poems? But uh, <laughs> I could, I could look some up. I went to uh, about five, maybe no, six years ago. I went to another haiku uh, weekend that was in Washington State, mm-hmm. um, just outside of Seattle, a little bit um, north of Seattle. There's all those little communities around Everett, Everett, yeah. I think. Um, I don't remember the town that I was in or where I was, but I um, went to this weekend and it was, it was actually this weekend. It was a Halloween weekend. So it was Halloween weekend. And the, the gentleman that runs this um, workshop or weekend, he, he's kind of known as the 
king of haiku in North America. Like uh, I connected him with him a long time ago. He's giving me some great feedback and advice and things like that on my haiku. He's been supportive, um, but he was running this. So part of the weekend had a Halloween theme and there was a graveyard that was behind the, the property that we were staying at. Mm-hmm. And in the evening, um, they created a, a little event where they had a series of, of people um, reciting these Japanese death poems. And they had a fire and we were surrounded by gravesite, a gravesite. And I, the moon probably was there. I don't, you know, it was, the mood was, was so perfect for the event. And, mm-hmm. and then, um, but uh, I think they even had some, you know, fog, fake fog, or, you know, they made it really spectacular, but they were reading, they were reading these ancient um, wow. master haiku poets, uh, death, deathbed death poems and it was it was quite profound Mm -hmm. i i can imagine i mean the just uh listening to a uh hospice doctor he said uh, the amount of wisdom that comes back if somebody gets resuscitated Mm -hmm. is just mind-blowing yeah Mm -hmm. and so yeah oh i I was just going to say with 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 haiku i wrote um both of my parents have have passed um more more a little bit more recent is my mom which was two years ago it feels way more recent it still feels i wouldn't say it still feels fresh but yeah she passed away two years ago my dad passed away nine years ago and I wrote each, I wrote a haiku around my, my dad's passing and then with my mom and with my dad, the one, the, the haiku that I wrote, I included it with one of my workshops when I was teaching people how to write haiku. And I had written, I think, 20 different versions of it because I struggled with it and I couldn't, I couldn't get it. I couldn't get mm-hmm. it. And I think because it was too hard, like I was still grieving. It was too hard. It took me, I think, three years to write that haiku, that, but I finally got it. And then with my mom, um, I wrote it like right away. It just was fast. I don't know why, but you know, it, it just it just happened. It just happened that way. So I think with my, I don't know, like with my dad. I'll tell you the scenario with my dad. I, I don't think I'll cry. <laughs> um, but there's a town. He grew up in a town in BC in the interior called Nelson. It's this beautiful, funky little town. He was born and raised there. It's quite it's quite a drive from the island. So you have to, to drive to Vancouver. You take the ferry. And then it's another, I don't know, six or seven hours. Wow. So we did, a, we did a, a family trip to scatter his ashes in the lake so uh, we got there and um his friend has um his best friend has property um right on the lake so he had it was small you know my dad was 90 when he died like you know it was just a family small little outdoor ceremony and we did a little you know little circle and talked and then there was a wharf 
that um, my mom stayed behind. She, she didn't want to go on, on the wharf. <laughs> but my siblings and I took the ashes out to scatter them in the lake. It's not like what you see in the movies. <laughs> it took a long time. There's a lot of ashes. But when we were doing this, I looked over down down to the uh, another pier and there was a heron. There was a great big, a great mm -hmm. blue heron that, that was there. And um, George, my dad's friend, said that he never sees that heron. And I know it was my dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it took a really long time to write that haiku. <laughs> and now I feel like I should, I should, I should probably read it to you. And I didn't pick that one. I was going to read some haiku and I, I, I just wanted to ask you if you could read. Yeah. I think, I think I have it in my mind. Um, so let, let me see if I can remember the ex exact one. Um, but it's um, a great blue heron. Oh, I have to find it. Um, I think I th I'm going to try this again. Great blue heron, the scattering ashes as we say our last goodbye. Mm. And my first 15 versions of that haiku, I did not say scattering ashes because I missed it. I was kept, I kept saying great blue heron, um, we gather as we say goodbye, or like I had, I had all of these different versions, but I, I didn't include scattering ashes. Like it was, I was too close to it. I wasn't able to step back. New, and, and, and get that distance from it to add and then then i had that light bulb moment of oh we were scattering his ashes and it was just so clear that that's what we were doing without mm -hmm. actually saying exactly um oh my dad died or you know i i i talk about a great blue heron that's the first image and then the pause, the great blue heron, and then scattering ashes as we say our last goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I got it right. <laughs> and then with my mom, um, I was with her, um, like when my dad died, I was not, he, I was in, I was living in Vancouver at the time and, and I wasn't around that like I saw him a week before he passed away. I was over on the island, and then he had a, a he had a stroke, a major stroke, and then he died within twenty four hours. It was very mm -hmm. fast after that, and he was ready. He was definitely ready. His you know he knew. So I wasn't physically uh, um, with him, but when with my mom, we moved back to the island four years ago. I was able to spend a lot more time with her. Um, for like two and a half years and then she had a stroke two years ago and then it took a month for her to pass um we put her on comfort care and um we were mm -hmm. um we knew like like she was 91 and it, she she was ready like we, yeah. we there was no there like, we just knew and we were all in agreement that that this was you know it was time 
So I went to the hospital every day and I, I, I could feel my dad's presence with us. And I kept telling her that he was, you know, waiting yeah. for her. Yeah. So I, I, um, my partner and I, we went to see her, um, the night before she died and it was nice that he got to see her. He hadn't really been around a whole lot. So it, it was good to see her that night. And then the next day I was doing some work. I always went there around noon and to see her. And I suddenly was just like, I have to go. And I, I got there and she had just passed like 15 minutes when I got there. Um, but when she was in the hospital, like she loved music and she used to play the piano and I would, I would bring music in on YouTube and put little headphones on for her and stuff like that. And she would go like this, like, and, and I'm like, what are you doing? And she goes, I'm swimming. Like she was doing this, like when, with a stroke, she, she changed, like, you know, I can mm -hmm. see more childlike but she kept kind of doing this and she was kind of dancing a little bit and being kind of yeah kind of you know childlike but she said that she was swimming so <laughs> the haiku that i wrote for her is sorry <laughs> take your time ocean song Music in the waves takes her home. Wow. And that was really short. Like that was a really, ah, uh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't bring my Kleenex. I always end up making people cry when I do these things. <laughs> I'm glad you're not. I'm not crying, but I'm deeply touched. And I can feel your emotional energy. Yeah. Yeah. But that one, I was able to write right away. Mm -hmm. It just, it, it, it was just, it was, um, it was very clear. I can say it again without the emotional part. Okay. <laughs> Ocean song. Music in the waves takes her home. Thank you. So it's it's therapeutic as well. Haiku has that therapeutic expression. And for somebody to read some of these haiku that I wrote, it obviously isn't going to be as meaningful to them, but it could trigger, you know, a, an emotion or a feeling or a memory or, you know, take them mm -hmm. to, take them to to a place or some kind of healing. I'd like to think that it, it helps people with that. And just allowing oneself to interesting, uh, the word that just came for me, allowing oneself to receive your poem. Mm -hmm. instead of read it yes which is the difference between thinking about it and receiving the energy perceiving the senses and all of that and i i think that's what i was trying to explain about the mindfulness part of yeah. what you just said is 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 to feel it feel it in the body 
feel it yeah. in your heart and and to tap into the senses and to smell smell the words because it, again it you know you probably have noticed uh, I'll say the smell of of you know the smell of cinnamon or the smell or the taste of of um like I I wrote I think I wrote one haiku was the the taste of or um the taste of yellow was in one of them and when you think about it you would never taste yellow like yellow you cannot taste but it gives you an image of something like a lemon without actually saying a lemon and for me the image that came up was pound cake <laughs> the moment you said yellow taste uh you know well, i would take that right over a lemon <laughs> You know, and that is on some level where I see the beauty of it, because hearing the poem allows my imagery, which is different from somebody else's and somebody else's yeah, imagery, to come up. And that is not only where the mindfulness is, but also what you refer to where the healing can be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Is that everybody is going to have a different, uh, a different lens, a different perception, a different yeah, experience. Yeah. But that's one thing I really noticed when I was going to the the Vancouver Haiku Group. Like every month, uh, uh, there would be a theme, and then there there would be a little contest. So you you'd write two haiku based on the theme and submit them anonymously so nobody would know who whose was whose. And then we would go around the room and we would read them and have a little bit of feedback critique. But what I noticed through that, ex that, that um, exercise is that everybody would have a different perception, mm -hmm. mostly. Not, not like some people would have the same, but a lot of people would see something different, yeah, which yeah. I think is really interesting. I, I, I like, and that's what I like about, about that, that haiku offers that. Can, can I ask you to read mm -hmm. uh, a few, I don't know if you, how many you have or whatsoever, but maybe two or three. Yep, haiku. I've got them. I picked some out. <laughs> So what, so yeah, I won't be crying through these ones. Um, and so what, another thing that we would do with the haiku group is to read the haiku twice. And mm -hmm. by reading it twice allows you to, to feel it a little bit deeper and to close your eyes. So I'll invite you and whoever else is out there listening to us to just pause for a moment and just take a deep breath and close your eyes and I will read a couple right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Moon water mist, becoming one in the sea of a Pisces dream. Moon water mist, becoming one in the sea of a Pisces dream. Open window. A white moth flutters through the moonlit night. Open window. A white moth flutters through the moonlit night. Wild mushrooms, hidden shadows in the stillness of the midday sun. 
Wild mushrooms, hidden shadows in the stillness of the midday sun. Thank you. I've got one more that I think is going is, is quite appropriate for where we're heading in the world. So I'm going to read one more. Okay. White butterfly. She follows the light to another world. White butterfly. She follows the light to another world. Which gets me to ask, are we willing to be that white butterfly? Yes. The light? Well, I think we are already. Yeah. Just got to get more people, people waking. People are waking up though. It's, 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 yes. it's, a, it's a process. It's a transformation and patience. And sometimes what, what my agenda, quote unquote, is with asking a question like that is to actually make people aware of them already being there. Mm -hmm. But so often this is on, the, uh, on an unconscious level, we are there, mm -hmm. but not on a conscious level. And what if we can make that level conscious? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Well, yeah, it's it's just trusting, trusting in the process mm -hmm. and and having faith that we're that we're gonna get there. And that's what I keep holding on to. I wrote that last haiku. Uh, I wasn't right when COVID hit. I think it was uh, maybe a year after mm -hmm. um, when there was other issues going on in the world with certain things that I wrote it then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I do believe that that's that, that, that we are, we, yeah, we're, we're moving into, um, uh, a higher, a high, yeah, higher consciousness, a, a, a better world, um, a peace, more, you know, we, we want to have peace. Most people want to have happiness and, and prosperity and abundance. And there's certain people in the world that don't want that. And well, they want it for themselves. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, uh, I mean, I uh, I have been talking about moving from humanity 1.0 to humanity 2.0, and 1.0 being the competition, the world mm -hmm. culture, everything has to be the same, and the judgment to uh, collaboration, mm -hmm. diversity, and uh, allowance yeah mm -hmm. and having respect as the basis for those three mm -hmm. because there's also that uh 
and again, it's the invitation to become conscious of it that in order to have that truly, I need to respect the other as another human being, mm -hmm. not as the other, the bad guy, the whatever mm -hmm. any form of enemy. Mm -hmm. uh, and even nature, what if we respect nature? What if we respect animals and plants? And, you know, there is so much going on that we, that on some level is still unconscious. And, oh, yeah. Oh, totally. And mm -hmm. to raise the consciousness of, mm -hmm. and become more aware of it. And that's where I find the beauty of your haikus. Mm -hmm. Well, well and yeah, and I also like with people being driven to succeed and to achieve and to mm -hmm. have material things and money and, you know, like those things, obviously we need, we need those. I've never really been driven financially, which I've suffered from because I, I, you know, I've been challenged with making money. Like I've been true to my mm -hmm. form and, and you know it's not it's not something that i've been making an abundance of, of money from but i feel driven to do this like i do have that a drive to do this um with with that kind of purpose purposeful but then there's people who are driven and purposeful for for reasons of achieving um the fancy cars and the big house and you know that's more materialistic and mm -hmm. i i i would like to see people more less focused on that like you don't need to keep up with the joneses like you know i have wealthy friends and they don't care that you know i'm not in the same boat but i feel like i am i, I feel abundant and i feel like i have a lot of these things yeah. and I, I feel very grateful for all of all of the things that that i have and you know a lot of rich people are empty they feel empty inside and i i think that the, the connection to the to spirit and nature and all of these things that we're talking about that's what makes you feel rich it's a form of wealth yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah and can i share a little bit about what i've been working on um <clears throat> absolutely <coughs> i just was getting ready to invite <laughs> you to do yeah. that you're reading my mind <laughs> so you've been you've been receiving my newsletter for a little while um i have been putting that newsletter out for four for four and a half years now and I um, have done some haiku workshops, teaching people how to write haiku. And then I, I've kind of switched that over to have more of um, a passion about teaching them, more about the, the mindfulness philosophies. And I have recently included seasonal living into my workshops with the connection that haiku shares with the seasons and mm -hmm. so i have been working for the past six months I, i'd say on creating a, a seasonal living circle membership um for midlife women you know it's 
kind of more geared for women. Men can come, like, you know, but my target is for women. And it, it's for women who are at a place where they have possibly recently retired or empty nesters, or they have some time on their hands and they want to, to connect with nature and they want to have a little bit of creativity and they want to be inspired. So it's, it's, a, it, it's an extension of my newsletter. So mm -hmm. it's going to be uh, little videos of me doing um, the haiku and the inspiration. And I have uh, a, a, actually I have a free download of a seasonal journal. I've got the fall journal right now. And I will be working on the winter journal, which will be um, available in December. Like I'm launching this membership circle for December. And I'm going to have journals, uh, meditations. I'm going to have one live event a month with a yoga practitioner or a sound bath. I've already connected with a yoga um, an instructor who is going to do a specific yoga class that will be connected to the energies of the winter season. So her yoga classes will be around the energy of winter stillness going into that quiet. And then when we go into spring, it will change. So it's really connecting with the energy of the seasons as well as the moon cycles. And then the haiku is sprinkled in there for, for that moment to, as a reminder to slow down and to pause and to reflect and to be, to go into that stillness. So the haiku is, is, it's not a lesser focus, but it is a little bit. It's a feature. It's a part of it, if that makes sense. <laughs> and, um, and it sounds utterly exciting. I'm excited about it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I feel really good about it. I've been working really hard on it. And um, if people want to sign up for my newsletter, um, you can... I, I'm creating a separate website for this offer, but for my newsletter, people can sign up on the Everyday Haiku website. And, and I'll put that I'm, in the show notes. I'm, I'm going to be putting out news, like soon I'm going to be putting out more newsletters about the offer, about the circle. It's a lot of, um, I'm, working, <laughs> I'm working with a marketing lady that's helping me with the sales. I'm so uncomfortable with it, the sales part of it, but uh, I know that that I'm, I'm pushing myself through that, that process. Um, so that's what I have been working on. And I've got my YouTube, my little YouTube channel as well, if people want to follow me on there. And, um, and then they can get a, a free haiku journal for, for a fall. Mm -hmm. Yep, I will put the you. I plan on putting the URLs into the okay. show notes. Perfect. So people have access, and it's only a click away. Yes, exactly. Make mm -hmm. it easy all around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so 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 much. I so thoroughly enjoyed the conversation mm -hmm. and what we talked about. So. Yes, thank you for having me. Um, that that was that was lovely. That was nice. That was good. I haven't yeah. been doing one of these for a while, so that was good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. maybe we'll do it again in half a year or whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Thank you, Anne. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye.